welcome to the Now There's a Thought podcast. Today, a podcast host, a pastor, and a conservation scientist slash kids communicator walk into a bar to ask questions about questions. As usual, it's not actually a bar. It's the first of our Cambridge recordings at the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion. So thanks to them for providing us with recording space and guests. Welcome to the Now There's a Thought pop-up bar. I'm afraid you'll still have to buy your own drink. Hello and welcome to the bar. My name is Louise. I'll be hosting the podcast today. I'm joined as always by Andy Wadhams, pastor of Gallery Church in Birmingham. Hello, I'm here just pondering how they now keep these caps on the recycling things, you know, plastic bottles. Oh, I see. You can't get the caps off. But but before we get into any of that, hello, listener. Hello. It's a pleasure to be with you. (laughs) Okay. And we are joined today by Steph Bryant. Welcome, Steph. Thank you for having me. You, Steph, 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 Steph. <laughs> you are zoologist slash conservation scientist slash kids communicator and managerial person as well. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of slashing as well uh, involved there. Yeah, no, don't get too violent with it. This is, yeah, yeah, okay. Slash, this is slash. a way of gentle, separating gentle job slashing. titles rather yeah. than, you know, flesh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. It's just another quality person with us. Absolutely. So good. Uh, I I did forget a job title um, because I gave you one last week, Mm. which was Master Slime Maker. I'll go with that. Yeah. That's up there with what I was chief bird wrangler once for a (laughs) video, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll add them. It's up there. Yeah, there must be a guild of these master slime makers somewhere. Master slime makers. Yeah, yeah. The guild of slime makers. It was a very important uh, role at Norwich Science Festival, wasn't it? It was a very popular. Yeah, it was, it was in demand. It Very was in much demand. So. It's honestly, slime entered my world about five years ago with kids just suddenly being obsessed and being like, are we going to do something with slime? Mm-hmm. So I started, yeah, figuring out what this whole slime thing was, fully expecting it to be a fad that had gone yeah. in about two months and it's still here. Everyone still loves slime. Amazing. Still here. And you heard what the people wanted. Um. Yeah. And yeah. you delivered. <laughs> yes. The best way to do communication. Win them over straight away. Yes. Listen and then use slime. <laughs> I think I think we might do some of that later. I think I think we probably could. Listen and oh. then use slime. That's gonna be that's the that's a strap line for this podcast. I it's might another, change the title. It's another t shirt right there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but before we get to that, uh, I have my standard, carefully prepared, non scientifically determined quick fire questions mm. to help us get to the very core of your being, Steph. Yeah, the real Steph. <laughs> Great. We'll see how that goes. Quick fire questions. Let's go. What's your name and where do you come from? I am Steph and I'm suddenly doubting myself. I <laughs> <laughs> grew up in Manchester and Oklahoma City for a bit, which you cannot tell from my accent, wow. and then back to Manchester again. Do you like to yeah. throw the bit of accent in sometimes just to confuse people? <laughs> it happens accidentally. Really, oh, it's sometimes occasional things get surprised what out word? of me. It, what word? I don't really know. It's no. mostly if I'm speaking to Americans and suddenly oh, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can feel it happening. I'm not in control of my yeah. accent anymore. Sometimes, okay. sometimes you go to the Panhandle State and you think, mm, I need to be back in Manchester. Yeah. Is that what happened with you? Look at you and your yeah. love of maps. I like rain, really like rain. Love the rain. I just yeah. couldn't do Oklahoma anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty warm. Yeah. yeah. Right. What is your favourite kids' book, uh, excepting the ones that you have written? Because that's a cheat. Oh. Gosh. Long silence. I think a couple of my favourites are 
the owl babies because or whatever that one's called there's like three little owls whole new world for me oh. i like it though there's nothing profound about it they're just really cute baby okay. owls excellent what like in the kind of gruffalo realm is it that kind of book is it yeah, I'm going to have to, like, look it up. It's yeah. definitely, you know, bringing memories from quite a while ago now. <laughs> from when you were... were yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, I mean, oh. what else just sprang to mind? <laughs> the Magic School Bus books, I was Amazing. obsessed with those. Okay. And I'm a little bit worried that most of my scientific knowledge actually is based on those books oh, rather yeah. than my degree. Uh, yeah, um, most but... of my knowledge is from cartoons, so it's, yeah. it's very worrying. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's the weirdest combination food that you have ever eaten, specifically with baked beans? Oh. Mm. So I was going to say frazzles and Christmas cake, but there was no baked beans involved That's not baked in that. Beans, but no. try it. I'll tell you what, it's pretty try good. It. That's a great shout. It sounds like it could work, except yeah. that dried fruit is evil. Um, so sorry, passing yeah. on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pretty, like, mainstream with my baked bean choices because mm. I don't like the juice contaminating other things. <laughs> <laughs> baked beans are wonderful. I love them, but yeah. they should be safely away from, mm. you know, okay. toast or whatever. Right. Not on toast. I mean, I've, I've mm. progressed from childhood into now accepting beans on toast, yeah. but I'd like to add them to the toast myself. Yes. When I'm ready. <laughs> no, please, toast. please don't psychoanalyze that anymore. Okay, yeah. no, no, no. That's your job uh, <laughs> for later. I once, I once had a friend who made some spaghetti bolognese, it was cool, and then he went and grabbed a bag of ready salted Walker's crisps or any other brand and just crunched them all over the top of it and went, try this, mate. I was like, well, no. I'll have to then. Yes, thank you very much for my food. It worked. Oh. It worked. Yeah, well. it worked. All right, uh, next question. What's your favorite reptile? <laughs> Oh, I mean, there are so many that's slightly impossible to choose as a that's zoologist. A mean question for you. Um, <laughs> bearded dragons, if we're going to go with living ones, fun. they're yeah. they're pretty cool. Um, and um, yeah, bearded dragons—they're like they're kind of little, maybe about I don't know a foot long. They're not oh. really dragons; they don't have wings, but they are kind of. Fun. Do they breathe fire? No, at least I've never met them. Did you get your money that back? It does. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You said living ones. Yeah. And I think there's a dinosaur ones? choice in yeah. here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So if we're talking like marine Mesozoic reptiles, which are another very cool kind of reptile, yeah, yeah, yeah. ichthyosaurs, they mm-hmm. looked like dolphins, but aren't mammals. They were yeah. swimming around. Some of them Fun. got really big. There's lots of cool fossils of them in places like natural history museum mm. and they're just yeah really cool cool uh tea or coffee coffee most of the time but that i feel like i don't know myself i used to drink tea all the time <laughs> and then and yeah. this has become an existential crisis <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm betraying my person. roots <laughs> okay and a pertinent question would you rather be covered in slime or lard Oh, oh, slime. Slime. I've been oh, covered in both. I know. <laughs> slime. Slime it is. Now that uh, we know a bit about you as a person, we can talk a little bit about what you do. Maybe we should start with the slime because we have, mm. we've been getting it's to been that It's been referenced a, a few times. It's been referenced. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you've told, told us a little bit about why you do slime. Shall we do some slime? Oh, yeah, okay. You can definitely start with some slime here. (laughs) 
So, yeah, let's demonstrate your master slime making skills. Okay. Mm. So, I mean, I feel like, Louise, I should be getting you to do it now that you've joined me and made oh, yeah. a lot of slime. So you tell me, how does I'm it start? I'm only the apprentice slime maker, though. This the is what I had to tell everybody. <laughs> uh, so PVA glue. Yes. Let's see. Okay, we put a good... Dollop of PVA, dollop PVA glue. PVA glue. I'm currently putting white PVA glue into a white bowl. So this mm. is, you know, it's brilliant. Great brilliant optics. for an audio Great format. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, there we go. You know, I think this glue is quite old, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> it's already pretty slimy. <laughs> yeah. Great. So we start with PVA glue. PVA glue. Yeah. Healthy you, dollop or two. You want to colour it, I think. Yeah. Making it a fun colour. Yeah. So, I mean, like I brown. could have brought a selection, um, but I brought a metallic green kind oh, of... That is fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. good yeah. choice. That was a good what's the what's the most favorite? What what do kids go for? Um, anything shiny's good. Anything shiny. Um, yeah. Some classic stereotypes. A lot of guys like blue. A lot of girls want pink. Um, I actually have a twin brother, and therefore I'm deeply resentful of this um, mm. stereotyping because I loved blue and dinosaurs. And I like pink now more, but I didn't really like that people assumed yes. that if you're a twin girl with a twin brother... All the pink things are yours. Yeah, all the pink things should be yours <laughs> and you should always be wearing a pink T-shirt. So, um, But yeah, no, some guys go with purple and things. So, you know, yeah. there's progress. Not, not quite brave enough for pink. Yeah, not necessarily. One guy wanted red and because you mix it with... Um, PVA yeah. glue, it does go quite pink, but he... I did have one guy in, right. a, in a full football kit and everything ask for pink. There you go. So, <laughs> I was, he yeah. wasn't conforming to any stereotypes there. Yeah. How Excellent old was he news. in a full football kit? 10 and 10. There is an age where that's not acceptable anymore. If I went if I went to a shopping centre now in a full football kit... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just, we've, we've not landed that... So you're staring, you're yeah. staring paint... So you've and... made it, it now looks a bit like that old dentist putty stuff that used uh... to go in your mouth. For some reason. So that's just coloured, isn't it? That's the, Yeah, that the is. So there's glue um, with paint some acrylic anything. paint in it. And I'm now going to put a bit of shaving foam in, okay. which do isn't necessary, but is fun. It okay. makes it fluffy. Most ah. things are not all that necessary, really. So. <laughs> yeah. Aim for fun. Mm. Yes. So it's just mixing all that through to yeah. make it smooth at this stage, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And then... Well, I mean, we could, given that we've already made something that's quite plastic heavy, just give up. And put some glitter <laughs> in. Put some glitter in it. I've got some gold star sequins here, which is from mm. making universe slime with a bunch of kids. Oh, fun. Are you the most popular school visitor ever? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, don't you know. must be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I'm pretty cool but yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> to get some feedback from the kids <laughs> i've been working in um science faith things in schools since 2014 mm. so i'm starting to have to remind myself that i'm now not like super cool young person that's coming uh, to school okay. i'm okay. like super cool moderately young person <laughs> yeah, moderately young. yeah yeah you're still bringing the slime <laughs> okay. they do say be good to yourself don't yeah. they <laughs> that's good that yeah so I'm at the crucial right, um, stage of things. This is called magical liquid. <laughs> it's really sciencey. This. Really is this from Harry Potter. Like, what, sorry, magical, magical liquid. liquid. Turns yeah. out we're not talking about science. Yeah, we're talking about magic. <laughs> um, it's actually got. Um, 
bicarbonate of soda and boric acid in it in oh, okay. safe kinds of quantities. I mean, bicarb's not exactly dangerous, but no. boric acid is always not in my cakes. the best. Yeah. Um, but this is the activator that essentially takes your gloopy right. mess and starts turning it into something. Okay, okay. So like, I mean, messy, it's, but... Even though it's labelled magic, that's actually the science bit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> science is magic, I've always so, thought. <laughs> <laughs> mm. it is. Um, so the PVA glue has... Like long chain molecules in it, right? It has polymers in it. You tell me. Tell no, you. it does. It does. does. Uh, <laughs> I like Luke. You are brave. You right. are heading out there. Going there. there. I admire that. Did you that. hear that I said I was a zoologist? <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'll do the chemistry. <laughs> so, the, so it's kind of like if you have uh, lots of pieces of string, if you run your fingers through that, like you maybe pick one or two up over your finger, but that's kind of the structure of the glue. And then you put the ions in. And it's almost like you've attacked it with a stapler and they just start um, connecting the strings together in really b- just all over the place. And then if you put, were to run your fingers through that, it'll obviously pick it up in really different ways. Mm. It's a very different texture. So that's the molecules are all being That's stuck what's going together. on now. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, it's starting to go from like... They're making a connection. Yeah. So okay, I'm I can see that. All right, okay. Start messing around with it on my hands. Cause okay which is always a bit messy to start with, but it usually helps you to work out what you might need to add because you get to a bit where it's not exactly an art form, but you need to work out, (laughs) do I add more of the activator or do I need to add a little bit more glue to get it to where I want it to be? You're saying it's not an exact science. I mean, it probably is an exact science, but maybe I'm not an exact scientist. So, (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I imagine going to classrooms of kids is probably quite useful. Yeah. (laughs) I think if I were trying to get them all to measure out exactly (laughs) this amount of anything, I'd lose my mind. Mm. Um, Oh, we had a a season of this in our house, and um, I ended up banishing the kids to one room to to make make a new slide. It appeared on sofas and carpets and (laughs) curtains. Dear me. I know, it's great when you... um, Oh, I well, we get to give it away. Like yeah, they get yeah. to take it home in a <laughs> yeah. in a little cardboard box, and you know, parents look so happy about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're so grateful. But they came to you and got slime, and then came to me and got a homemade kazoo, and they were just like, "Who are these people? <laughs> and why did we bring our children to them?" My favorite was he had a table of fossils nearby, and I was just like, "Some kids are going from slime to fossils, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to picking slime out of all my fossils." So there we go. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, it's actually looking quite accomplished now. Top Some stars tip in there. if you're, you know, wanting to do this at home is that, you know, it's starting to get um, pretty ready. If it starts behaving a bit like, you know how if you've got blue tack stuck on the wall and you can, it's easy to get the blue tack off with yeah. another bit of blue tack. Yes. So rather than you ending up with just bits of slime stuck all over your hands it starts to gather you get to the point up. where the slime blob can pull uh, the other bits of slime off you i'm not quite there that would begin to freak me out you see <laughs> i'm like hands are messy hands are messy for too long <laughs> yeah. yeah you really have to embrace it it's quite quite funny because you have some kids that are super keen to make some slime and then they get their hands in it and they're instantly like get it off me get it off me yeah. so you have to be prepared that would be me that would be me yeah Speaking of which, I don't think I brought any um, baby wipes with me, so I'm going to have to do a really. So good the job. rest of this, rest of our time together. Yeah, I'm not. I'm now not <laughs> actually paying anything. any attention. I'm just going to be playing with my slime. Okay. Oh, yes. Amazing. Chris's group mum. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say group mum? <laughs> <laughs> I've now been provided with a wet wipe, which is the dream. Chris, are brilliant. 
brilliant sound recordist and producer. He's, you know, only looking a little bit tense about the slime in proximity <laughs> to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Smells good. I mean, yeah, it's What's going basically oh, glue and shaving foam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to smell the magic liquid. Hang on. Oh. Uh, listener, it was lovely knowing you. <laughs> Definitely contains a small amount of alcohol. Oh, is that, yeah, no, it must be the uh, shaving foam that's giving it that uh, Would you, um, fresh vibe. <laughs> like to fill the slime? Oh, go on then. If you keep rolling it around in your uh, hands, that's the best way to good not job. end up covered in yeah. it. Yeah, uh, listener, I now have it in my hands. It feels gross and I'm hanging it. <laughs> it's still a bit moist, if I'm honest. So I pull in. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. The daughter would love this. She's now 16, but a few years ago she was like, oh, no, look. So I've just got to keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, you've you've really done me one there. I've <laughs> got stars everywhere now as well. <laughs> It's oh, our yeah. way of telling you that you're a star, Andy. Oh, that's lovely. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> lovely. Yes. How many syllables is that word? Oh. Well, it's three now. It probably depends yeah. on where you're from. Yeah. Yes. Shall Can... I take it back or are you... you it's know, it's really... it going? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've made it better. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. It was good that you sent it to me, actually, for finishing and uh, mastering, I think they call oh, it, in the music okay. industry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, actually. Go on, have, have it back. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> it doesn't want to. It's a flubber. <laughs> I, that was, that was a yeah, non Gen Z reference if I ever heard one. Sorry, did you just, did you just flubber. say flubber? I did say yeah. flubber. Yeah. It dates you. It does date me significantly. <laughs> it dates me. <laughs> it dates all of us. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Absolutely. Yeah. Quality, quality. Yeah. Well, right, so well listener, was, thanks for being on that, that journey with us. <laughs> The significant part of your role as mm. uh, master slime maker. Uh, would you like to tell us a bit more about some of the uh, possibly more serious parts? <laughs> sure. So, I mean, my official job title, I think, is that I'm the youth and schools co-director for the Faraday Institute for oh. Science Religion. I think I got that wrong, but you know, I. Got yeah. most of the words in uh, there. Yeah, you know, sounds familiar. Makes sense. Coordinate the youth <laughs> and school side of things here. Um, and really what that means is that we are trying to create space for young people to explore their big questions about science and yeah. religion and some of the, say, philosophy and other things that yeah. can feed into that. Um, and so that looks like sometimes being in schools and sometimes going down a more sort of faith-based route in a school or sometimes it's a more gentle philosophy of science route, mm. depending on what is appropriate for that age group or that school. Yeah, yeah. Um, doing things in youth groups. Um, and so some of those are like sessions that, you know, might explore topics like is there room for religion in a scientific world or um, yeah. questions like fossils and faith. Um just not that that's a question but exploring some of the questions yeah. to do with you know age of the universe and all of that Great. Um, anything like well anything that's got an overlap between yeah. science and faith which is honestly a lot of the big questions yeah, that we have um yeah. because they're both such important ways of exploring the world um and other times to explain the slime it can be as simple as just starting to gently challenge some of the misconceptions that are out there like mm. that the church is anti-scientific for yeah, example yeah. um and that can look like just having some really good fun doing some great science in a church setting for example which yeah. just you know it like 
we were at Norwich Science Festival yeah. and um, had about a thousand families, mm. kids and things come through a religious building and, you know, yeah. and do some science. That's and good. you just... Yeah. That's a really great opportunity for them. And it's yeah. physically seeing the science happening in a very churchy space as well. Like it was a very obvious church, like old Anglican yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. It just breaks... It, yeah, it just breaks... A, it shatters anything that might have grown... Yeah. That pits the two against each other. Yeah. And you know, you just hear yeah. if they um when they're a bit older hear something like all Christians this or that or yeah, yeah. oh you have to decide between science and faith. Right. They'll have that moment of like, well, hang on, I remember doing this really fun thing that was all yeah. about science and celebrating science and it was in a church. Yeah. So it just yeah. Very good. So you, you're here, there and everywhere really. Busy, busy. Yeah, yeah. A bit uh, of directing in the office and then a bit of heading out. Yeah, we do a sort of mix. We started really, I mean, the Youth and Schools programme. There's always been some kind of outreach to young people since yeah. Faraday got going, the Faraday Institute. But uh, the Youth and Schools programme started a bit more formally in yeah. 2013. Um, and that really started with being in schools and youth groups and being on the ground and getting used to, mm. well, what are the questions that young people are asking yeah, right now? Yeah, and yeah. how can we take some of the big academic thinking and get it out there in ways that are relevant and fun and engaging? Good. Um, yeah, yeah. And so we started with that. And then in more recent years, we've started to get to a point where we're like, how can we help other people to do some of that? So that's where some of our writing of books and also developing mm. training for youth workers and teachers has come from just to you know there's only a few of us we'd like to make it something that everyone can explore with young people that's good amazing and all this kind of talk of like questions the questions the kids have the questions that you bring and inspire them with like Mm -hmm. i mean you're pretty much a specialist in questions yeah i'll go with that i like questions i really (laughs) love giving the space to young people to ask their questions yeah um part of that i mean has come from i mean research that's been done by various people uh, barry billingsley for example who um collected some feedback from young people in schools who were saying things like well i wouldn't ask my science teacher about god and i wouldn't ask my re teacher about science and so they were directly saying without necessarily realizing this is what they're saying is like where can I go yeah. to explore the questions that overlap? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's you. why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No. So, yeah, you, just you individually for everybody. No, that's probably a bit much. You yeah. and a team and other people who are involved, but it's great to have that outlet. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to questions. You've written a book about questions. Well, co-edited a book mm. about questions, mm-hmm. compiled it. Um, but first questions for you. Uh, you came from zoology and conservation science. Can you tell us a bit about what your work was like in that, what you did? Um, yeah, so after university, I worked in conservation for a bit. I spent really a couple of weeks in Bulgaria discovering that I do not cope well with heat. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the world is is hot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I do really well in cold countries. Okay, yeah. okay. So, you know. Where did you go to uni? Uh, Cambridge. Cambridge. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Most people follow that up with the Cambridge, yep. looking somewhat suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what to make of that, but yeah, the Cambridge. The Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and mm. and headed out then to the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, 
I've never been great at knowledge for the sake of knowledge. I really always want to know, so what? Or how can this help? Or how can I use this? Or who can I tell this exciting bit of science to or something? So I like there to be an application. And so it was really refreshing after doing a lot of intense study for a few years to go see it at work in the real world. Mm. Um, And so was working with wolves in Bulgaria for a bit. Uh, wolves the animals right brilliant i mean i'm learning so much all the time yeah. from these clever people fluffy I, dogs i'm glad i asked because i was i was nodding like it's an acronym for something i should yeah. know about <laughs> oh the institute of, yeah 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 i've heard of them but actual wolves yeah in bulgaria yeah, yeah. in fairness mostly working with wolf poo um rather yeah, okay. than wolves to try and work out did you out... do something wrong <laughs> yeah it was a punishment uh, well i went Age eight from being very afraid of dogs to being absolutely obsessed with them and then being obsessed with wolves as well. Um, So working with them out in Bulgaria was pretty cool. Um, Didn't see any, but found a lot of wolf poo, which was useful. Was trying to work out what they were eating in the area, um, which ties into things like human-wildlife conflict, Mm. which is basically, yeah, it's what it sounds like. It's um, trying to work out can we reduce human wildlife conflict? So what's going on? Yeah. Why is this particular kind of creature apparently in conflict with humans? And is there anything we can do to sort of uh, mediate yeah. and get both species to yeah. to get along in their area? It's sort of, I tend to think of it a bit like uh, relationship counselling, but for yeah. two species that don't speak the same language. So yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I like yeah. that. Um, um You've you've gone straight in with the wolves, and wolves are mm. undoubtedly very cool. But I seem to remember lots of stories about you falling in water doing yeah. this work, and that wasn't wolves. No, there was not a lot of <laughs> that water. That might be why you didn't see in Bulgaria in that heat wave. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a problem in itself. Uh, yeah. Okay. So wolves sound kind of glamorous and exciting, and they got me down some of this route in the first place because I'm very interested in. Well, yeah, why some people are so interested in wolves, and why some people so dislike them sure. so just curious about some of that and yeah. then i went to canada to work for arosha they're a christian conservation organization yeah. um which is great to meet a bunch of like-minded christians mm, yeah, who are yeah. figuring out ways to love people and the planet nice um and uh yeah did a lot of freshwater ecology there so things that sound less glamorous like frogs and salmon and salamanders and things which i i really loved i thought that i wouldn't i thought it was a bit of a letdown after large carnivores but the more that you get to know any kind of animal the more you just fall in love with it Mm. so yeah big fan of salmon and yeah i fall in water almost as soon as i look at it it's just i don't know <laughs> i mean these glasses of water on the table are quite dangerous to yeah you. yeah <laughs> trying to sit quite still but, yeah. Um, we, yeah as if we're saying glasses of water you two got lovely beer there yes we, we have. Here, at the, here at the thought bar yes yeah hey just a bit about wolves mm. um, do you love wolves enough to have gone to the local market and bought yourself a wolf fleece Oh, <laughs> you, you've got I one, have you? owned a wolf you've fleece. Got one. Yes, <laughs> come on. yes, yes. Actually, from the UK Wolf Conservation Trust, uh, which I did work okay. experience at when I was. Is it got a big Amazing. wolf montage on it? Is yeah, it one of those great, really classy. Come on, come on, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I've seen some um, very cool bands wear them ironically. So <laughs> That's I think, what I should have gone yeah, for. Yeah. I think if you wore it, people would go, oh, she's so cool, you know. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. And you go, no, no, I just love wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's not ironic. <laughs> um, and your passion for conservation and the natural world is a big part of your spiritual story as well, isn't it? Oh. Mm, yeah, so for me, I'd say that I... Particularly as a teenager, the more that I looked around the natural world, like my family are really outdoorsy. So I've been, yeah. you know, running around the Peak District with a map and a compass for basically. <laughs> falling in the streams on the yeah, way. Yeah, falling in streams. Mm. <laughs> and this, this from choice, if family hadn't just left you in the middle of the... <laughs> I mean, choice, it maybe wasn't initially choice. It was <laughs> yeah. um, definitely a case of... It was a family activity. Yeah, you're, oh, this, is, amazing, this is really useful. What a gift to you that is, though. I mean, it is now. Mm, yeah. I, I wild camp and things, wow, and I wow, just wow. love that I can walk into the middle of nowhere with a map and a compass and a tent and feel like I know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. um, so I am grateful for it now. Mm. There may have been significant amounts of complaining at various points <laughs> yeah, as yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, do I really have to <laughs> go out <laughs> and run around a hill? <laughs> um, but yeah, so grew up spending a lot of time outside and learning to just appreciate that. And, yeah. you know, we'd have these moments on top of a hill in the Lake District or something where I just feel like, wow, mm. I like, I can't, I can't put words to it. I don't know what this feeling is. I really just, I want to sing and I oh. don't know, don't know why I want to sing or who I want to sing to, but it's beautiful. Yeah. And then quickly followed up with the teenage angst of, and the way that people are treating the planet is just wrong. And I can't really justify that with science because I you know science isn't yeah. about me saying this is right or wrong it yeah. can tell me about the consequences of our actions um yeah, yeah, yeah. and in actions as the case may be but yeah. um it can't help me to justify this sense of wrongness and yeah. anger that i have when i yeah. see the way that people are treating the planet and so for me at university i was fortunate enough to meet um a bunch of christians who um were studying science uh, some of whom were studying zoology like me um, and could express some of the kind of, well, of course you feel like it's wrong. Like God mm. made everything. However you choose to think he might have done that, yeah. he is behind everything that we can be learning about in science, studying when we look at the natural world. And so yeah. it helped me to click into place mm. that that, sense of singing is that call to to worship and praise the god that's behind all of that stuff and when i clicked with that um and then thought oh great i'd always assumed that because christians have a lot of focus on telling people about jesus that, that meant they didn't care about the planet right yeah. and that therefore god didn't care about the planet yeah, yeah. and meeting christians who could flip some of that around for me and say it's not an either or you can like god yeah. loves people god loves the planet and yeah yeah sometimes own up that as christians we could be doing more yeah um for the planet anyway all of that was going on while i was in my first year of uni and it just wow. clicked a lot of my thinking into place and made more sense out of the world that i could see around me than mm. i'd ever encountered before so there just, you go slightly just, rambling answer no, but it's fantastic. yeah just and there was a real sense, as you were sharing there, there was a kind mm. of a real moment in the in our recording here mm. where your passions come across and mm. uh, that's really cool. And the kind of brilliant thing, isn't there, about the kind of tyranny of awe and the beauty of and. And I think sometimes if you 
your, your whole kind of theology and life opens up again when someone just sends a moment with you and says, well, yeah, actually God's in this and God's here. And what you grew up church tradition wise as a pastor, I always kind of say there's loads of other traditions, you know, and not just globally, but regionally, locally, you know, other schools of thought and, um, yeah, or, you know, and is beautiful. Add that, add that, add that. So um, I'm glad that you had that experience. It opened up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. It's been important yeah. and exciting and it has definitely shaped the direction that I've gone in yeah. with my life in all sorts of ways. Amazing. Mm. I love it. And I love that story. Um, I do have more questions for you, but now for mm. both of you and far less existential. It's time for a game. Today we're playing Is It Science? There's no Here pressure on who this wins or loses this game. They're but a twin, I... of course there's well. pressure. <laughs> You're not Andy's twin. Yeah. Well, it's the good news for you, I've not, one of, I've not won one of these for a long time. So, uh, yeah. No pressure. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. So the game the is game. called Is It Science? So you're going to get 30 seconds each to argue, in Steph's case, that this item is science. Right. In Andy's case, that it is not. Okay. So we'll start with Andy, oh, as per thanks. tradition. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, have a I'll bit of thinking time. I'll give you 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 I will, seconds. Uh, <clears throat> call time using my beautiful Hazelwood whistle that I whittled with my own fair mm. hands. Yes. If I was a Premier League team, my form is so bad that I'd be sacked as manager of this project right now. Oh, I know. Uh, I was on a yeah. hockey team at school for yeah. about five years and I don't think we won a single hockey match. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Your brother wasn't on the opposing team though. No, thankfully. No. Good. All Good. right, here we go. Right, okay. Item number one, Andy. It's not science. Here we go. 30 minutes on why... 30 pint, minutes. 30 minutes on... <laughs> You're expecting a big... <laughs> yeah, well, just to start the theses. Yeah. <laughs> entire podcast. I don't think I can do 30 seconds, let alone 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 seconds on why a pint glass is not science, starting now. <laughs> a pint glass is not science because it's functional and it's come out of necessity and human necessity. So the idea that, yeah, we could have some innovation perhaps to create them and make them, that's fine along the way to refine them. But ultimately, they existed before the word science even was coined. And so I'm going to have to say it's not science because it's been born out of human necessity. Pretty science. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steph. Oh, I'm not convinced you about equally that. equally have then. 30 seconds. Yeah. But I want to know why a pint glass is science, starting I mean, now. First thing, big question is just because something was pre-science, <laughs> pre the word science, does that mean that it wasn't part of a sort of scientific process of thinking? So mm, trial and error and messing around with the physical world and seeing how it behaves, figuring out how we might turn something like sand into glass. And those processes of thinking about how the natural world might work are what we call science now. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly... Apart from that, glass, science. <laughs> glass, science. <laughs> uh, I Again, think that's a zoologist. Win. <laughs> yeah. A win for Steph. All right. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I've got lots of conviction. It just, <laughs> it's very hard to have actual good content in these arguments. <laughs> it, it is, to be fair. Okay, here we go. All right. It's, it, you, you make valiant efforts. I do, uh, yeah. Steph, we're starting with you for the next one. <sighs> right. I want to know in 30 seconds why a pigeon is science 
<laughs> I mean, with a pigeon, you can be studying things like where pigeons came from in the first place, their evolutionary history, for example, which is science. You could study their behavior, um, how they're able to home in on things, what it is about their brain that enables them to do that in a way that lots of other creatures can't. So, I mean they're an animal <laughs> they're definitely worth studying within zoology which is the scientific study of animals uh, panicked good blagging yeah, pretty good pretty good <laughs> all right 30 seconds on my pigeons and not science okay. starting now well of course pigeons aren't science of course they're not and um you can perform science you can run tests you can have experiments you can explore why and what pigeons you can perform science on pigeons, but they're not science. Main reason is because they're greedy. I've never known anything <laughs> science nick my chips. Full stop. My ice cream is under threat from science. No, never from pigeons. Yes. I, I feel like you're describing seagulls, Andy. <laughs> pigeons nick me chips. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, keep, I keep five pigeons in me back garden, feed them chips. Cheeky pigeons. Oh, that'll be why. Yeah, no, have you not been in the city centre? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I suppose seagulls are there actually as well. Mm. Regardless, I think Steph might have won that one. Get out of it! That was <laughs> what am I going to do except for not confuse pigeons and seagulls? <laughs> yeah, right. All next. right. Final item. Before we move on. Yes. It was a pretty good argument that, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. It was all right that. Yeah, science doesn't nick your chips. Is, is. That was, that was strong. That's and the, the grammatical line. pigeon science argument had potential. Yeah. It did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just am not used to making them. Right, okay. Okay, fin final item. 30 yeah. seconds, yeah, Andy, yeah. to argue why my earring is not science. Starting now. Your earring is not science, and I just put out again that we could perform science on your earring, but it itself is not. It's decorative, it's artistic, and it's an expression. And those things are a parallel to human exploration and thinking, the beauty that we can do science and that we can do art. And your earring, for me, falls into expression, art, and decoration, not science. Lovely. It's quite. Dis I've never done one of these with my clothing before. It's quite disconcerting being mm. looked at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you no, feel attacked? Staring, staring as though we don't know what earrings are. <laughs> I feel so attacked right now. Well, I was looking for clues, really. Nice earrings. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Steph, 30 seconds on why my earring is science starting mm. now. Okay, well, I'm currently studying for a master's in psychology, <laughs> mm. uh, which is a science, which not everyone thinks, but yeah. I say so. Um, and part of that includes looking at social norms or social behaviours. Um, and so we could definitely study your earrings by thinking about, um, are you unusual within your culture for wearing earrings? Um, how did that come about in the first place generally? Um, how might that stop becoming a norm? So we can understand some patterns and trends using science. <laughs> That's good. Ah, that's I'm good. so conflicted. Yeah, sorry. That was good. I thought I'd had that in the bag, but it you was a good back. one. Yeah, that was good. Strong. I think I might call that one a draw. I need to. Okay, hmm. I'll take I that as long as it's not three nil. Yeah. Those arguments. <laughs> but that does good. make it two and a half to half. Yeah, so take that's, it. That's a win for Steph. <laughs> Congratulations, Steph. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Should we talk about your book? 
Yeah, why not? Oh, you've done a book. You've done a book. Have done, done a, a book. book. I'm playing the part of the listener. Yeah. Oh, you've done a book. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> or or well, a better question from Louise. <laughs> so your book is about questions, which is be, it's been a theme so far already. Mm. Uh, it's called 101 Great Big Questions About God and Science. And since I have my 30-second timer open already, I would like to give you 30 seconds to give us a rundown of this book starting now. Great. I've been working in schools with young people, asking their big questions about science and faith uh, since 2014. So I've basically gone through a process of collecting a, like as many of those big questions as possible, and then shortlisting them, and then sending them out to a bunch of people, theologians, scientists, philosophers, and trying to get their wow. potted answers in about 200 words for 7 to 11-year-olds. Amazing. I don't even need to blow my whistle. You had five seconds to spare. <laughs> that was the owls from Steph Burke. Yeah, that was the owl babies. They're so cute. <laughs> Andy, do you feel like you have a grasp of this book from that description? I feel like there's a need for it. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue and put a copy in front of you. Okay. So you can live Thank explore you. it for... You are handing me 101 seconds. great big questions about God and science. Love that, edited by Lizzie Henderson and Steph Bryant. That's me. That's me. Love that. Okay, I'm just having a look here. This is good already. Strong, colourful. For someone like me, 42-year-old needs this help. Let's have a look. Uh, a couple of questions on the front. Why doesn't the Bible talk about dinosaurs? Could a robot ever fall in love or have faith? Have you been asked that? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Does God like us doing science? <gasps> what a permission-based... That's amazing. I don't want to assume where I know that's come from, but that's amazing. Why did God make so many different types of animals and plants? Is the human brain the most powerful thing on earth? Mm. Whoa. That's good. All right, I'm opening the book. So that's just on the cover, everyone. Get it off the strength of the cover. I mean, we're not selling the book here, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So I'm having a look, and there's definitely one page each on these questions, question 60, uh, 69 says, why did God make so many different types of plants and animals? And you then have Dr. Sarah Bodiable-Rose. <laughs> Dr. Sa Dr. Sarah. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Sarah. Sa when you do that, it sounds like they're going to be on Good Morning Britain yeah. talking about, <laughs> you know. But Dr. Sarah, an evolutionary biologist, then answers the question for us. And this gorgeous artwork. We've got a picture of a hummingbird and a different flower. This is good. It's really visually striking, isn't it? I love yeah, the illustrations. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really engaging. And the fact that it's kind of uh, just one page. Was that was that hard? Was that one of the hardest it things in the book? It was really hard. Partly, you know, because people... I mean, these questions... Part of what I love about the book is we didn't want it to be about you must give a whole thesis on this or right. you must answer the question because, I mean, a lot of these questions are the biggest ones that we've been wrestling with as humans yeah. for as long as we've That's been asking right. questions and we'll probably yeah. carry on wrestling with well, them. Um, well, and you, you fixed them. Oh, yeah, they're it. all answered You've now in 200 it. words. <laughs> You've completed done. it. Well done. <laughs> uh, and so we're, you know, we're definitely not about trying to mm. push a particular viewpoint but about starting to equip young people to think for themselves and um, just get a few starting points, really. Um, mm. But that took a lot of sort of editing people's answers down from Gosh. longer or a bit more complex and then going back to a whole range of very gracious people to check that we hadn't 
completely destroyed or missed the meaning <laughs> mm, of what yeah, they were trying to communicate. So it was a bit, bit of back and forth for wow. for people. Um, so yeah. And how how was that? Did people go? No, you just can't do it in that many words. Um, there were there was some panic from people. Um, yeah, I bet. Occasionally. Mm. Um, which I completely understand because these are huge topics and especially if you're an expert on it. I know I've written a few books or helped with them and the one that I got stuck on was um, talking about God made animals in about 500 words for Mm. three to five year olds. And I was like, but that's my thing. That should be easy. And I just found it so hard. So again, I have sympathy for the people who contributed. Mm. Um, But yeah, and some of them being like, oh, I don't know if you can talk about these things with an eight-year-old not i don't know whether you should but just i don't know how to do it and that's where lizzie and i came in yeah trying to help them so for some people we just did a phone call rather than getting them to sit down and write it yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and just you know prompt them with a bit of well what might you have told your niece the other day uh, if she asked this question and things. so good, just yeah. help them to get into that way of thinking and communicating because mm. we all know young people but yeah. when you're thinking in your sort of academic world you can get a bit stuck in your particular ways of communicating right. so we we're just trying to gently nudge people and then we'd write some stuff down from that phone call send it back to them um, yeah. which helped some people to get over that initial hurdle of pure panic of i don't know what to say to an eight-year-old and then do eight-year-olds yeah. even ask these questions mm. which i can say they absolutely do yes yeah. that's from all of your amazing work over 10 nearly 10 years yeah. schools now nearly 10 years yeah. <laughs> yeah. so what was your favorite part about putting it together that whole process oh i mean the end <laughs> <laughs> it, the accomplishment of seeing it mm, yeah. yes i mean we got we i mean i've got right here in front of me i've got 14 pages of questions that was my attempt to start shortlisting and grouping questions around themes and and things and that it was quite a satisfying process to try and categorize and get those into yeah. uh, approximately 101 questions actually slightly more we lied there's about 117 questions in it it's not got the same ring to it has it <laughs> yeah it's not quite as catchy um so the initial process was great and then it was terrifying contacting all these people because it was just going to fall flat if people weren't up for having a go. Make or break moment, Um, yeah. Yeah, and Lizzie and I, you know, we spend a lot of our time in schools exploring these sorts of questions, but we'd really rather it came from people Mm. who just have that depth of knowledge in a specific area and that authority. Um, And so that was vulnerable. And then the point where the illustrations came in and i'm very visual as well yeah um, yeah that for me just you could i could suddenly see it and think oh this is actually gonna work and this yes. big gamble has has paid off and did the did you get the questions directly from kids or do you put them together from your experience of, of talking um, to kids i genuinely mm. have been or i've stopped recently i need to get back into the habit i was writing down every question that i'd received at schools so i do wow. have a list of like the school name (laughs) and the questions that were asked. Um, But then when it came to putting the book together, because we were trying to condense and cover as many of those questions as possible, Mm -hmm. some of them are asked a bit more succinctly or they maybe cover a couple of questions, sort of combine things um, to sneak a bit more in. Um, Yeah, Yeah, well, you've done a pretty smart thing here as well. I can see question 101, for example, if I can just get back there. You've got one, two, three, four contributors for the answer. Yeah, which is so good. one question, but one question, four but, answers. Which is yeah. really nice and 
broad. Did you feel that you had to do that with some because there could be different answers? Well, I mean, I think with all of them, there's sort yeah, of... I suppose yeah, so. Yeah, there's a range of views, but I think it's good to illustrate that. Yeah. Um, so not everyone who contributed is a person of faith, um, though most are, mm. um, but also even within faith i think it's quite useful to demonstrate that different people have got different ideas right, or they right. see things from different yeah. perspectives and that you know gets across a bit more of the humility that we need a when we're doing science and b when we're considering big theological yeah, issues because more. yeah the, there are different views and there are different views because it's complicated so mm. let's talk about those views and think about them I, th I couldn't agree more i think that's really humble and wise so Question 101, for example, what are the biggest challenges in the future of science and faith? Answering is a medical doctor and ethicist, a computer scientist and inventor, astrophysicist, neurobiologist and a New Testament scholar. Yeah. You've got you to be, you be proud with your work there. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So looking across the whole book, Andy, that you, mm. uh, the bits that you've managed to look at, what's your favourite your favorite aspect of it so far? Um... Yeah, good. Yeah, two things. Uh, one, it's accessibility. I think that's really, really good. Um, I love the platypus in the egg that I've just spotted on that page. The platypus in the egg. <laughs> yeah, that's in the top ten for me. It's great. But definitely the accessibility. Um, and I don't quite know how to phrase this, but it's just coming to my head. Um, the integrity of it, mm. I think, is what I'm trying to say. So it's not one person's got all the answers. We're not at the whim of that. There's an integrity of thought, an integrity of process, um, but we've not lost. So I work in communications, and so sometimes I'll get a 72-page paper, um, and we need to make that accessible for people. Yeah, now, That's valuable, the 72-page paper, but we need it in one sheet if we can, and if we can do it in a paragraph, that's amazing. Um, so it's the same principle. And somehow you've done that and kept the integrity with so many important questions, and I just think that's... it's a achievement so if you ask me what i think i like the accessibility Absolutely. and the integrity of it amazing mm. i have i have a favorite experience with this book as well which was um the end which is not an insult <laughs> in this idea. okay brilliant yeah. <laughs> so glad i finished that we just like to honor our guests we, that's what we do yeah um, but there's a there's a meter contribute con i can't do the word contributors today <laughs> That's so good, isn't it? I'm really glad that you can't. This is so much fun for us. It helps. I get stuck on conservation and conversation sometimes, which is awkward given That's my various do. roles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the meet the contributors section okay. at, the, yeah. at the back. Okay, um, let's have a look. And it's, it's what uh, right, you yeah. two have kind of been discussing, but on, even on a greater level, than it's like people's entire distinguished careers condensed into like one sentence or two sentences that yes, make your alchemy. <laughs> do you know, and some people, some people really like their titles and their careers. Oh, they do. They? This is great because this puts it down to, like you said, right at the beginning, application. Yeah. You know, it strips away any pomposity. Not that anyone here has got any. Well, no, I was so, I was humbled by the humility of these contributors is that right yeah oh. like, i just yeah yeah and they wouldn't have happened without them and their willingness to yeah they all are look. join in with this madness <laughs> do you want to give us an example i think um i mean our friend hugh has been on the podcast twice already i think he deserves he? a special mention uh, where is he from the know? book he's well, it's alphabetical order by first name isn't it yeah alphabetized hugh's first name is it's it's hugh great brilliant let's have a look he'll be in the h section hawker oh no hang on no, that's true. Uh -oh. 
I'll find him. Someone will beat me to him. Like we'll, we'll discover that we've somehow put I've him I've got him place. here. Professor Hugh Rollison, geochemist, course director of the Faraday, Faraday Institute Science and Religion, Emeritus Professor at Earth Scientists, uh, University of Derby. So that's the title, which is pretty much yeah. as long as the description of that career we're about to get. It's amazing. Questions 14 and 67 he did. Hugh studies Earth's oldest rocks. He grinds his samples to a powder in order to be able to chemically analyse them. These results help us think about our origins. Great job. Great. Great. What have you been messing around at all this time? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Decades of research. Yes. I tell you what, some of these might go on uh, headstones and stuff. I mean, these are, yeah. it keep really it simple. really reminded me of um, something I saw on the internet a few years ago where PhD students rewrote their thesis titles mm. for other people to understand and have a giggle at. Um, so one example was a title, Fire and Environmental Change in Northern Australian Savannas During the Holocene which was redescribed as, over thousands of years, sometimes there were more bushfires than now. Sometimes <laughs> there weren't. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. It reminds me of my um, one of my undergrad research projects where I genuinely found that it is easier to see big shrimp than small shrimp. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're finding. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> there were some other nuances, but, you know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you get, you, you got, have I got news for you and people like that, don't they? And they just kind of say, oh, another study's been released. It's something really obvious, but we've studied six years to what we already knew yeah. or suspected, but now we've proved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so can I just confirm that learning? What was it again? Uh, big shrimp are More, easier to see yep. than little shrimp. Who just thought, who just yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Should we try a couple of these? I'll give you the oh, actual yeah. title and we can mess around with it and see what this person's okay. actually trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Careful curiosity. Curiosity as an epistemic and ethical virtue. As oh, a, I need that in writing. Epistemic a, is a killer word. It's yeah, I don't talking know. about knowledge about knowledge, mm, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got there first. I was yeah. going to say that, yeah. <laughs> Right. Wait. right, say it again then, now I know that, what that word means. Here Careful we go. curiosity. Curiosity as an epistemic and ethical virtue. Curiosity helps us to know things <laughs> 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 about knowing. Yeah. And that's good. <laughs> Can we be more good by knowing? So they, they sound really good. <laughs> this, person re, uh, this person suggested curiosity is great, except when it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, one more. Yeah. Collectively meeting the needs of high school English learners. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Helping oh. students panic through English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's really better English classes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Uh, this person has suggested how to teach English good and not argue about it. <laughs> That's good. Love that yeah. grammar. Very oh, yeah, good. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're teaching English good. Oh, some witty people out there, isn't there, on the old internet? Oh, it's fun. Yeah. Um, so those those are available on a page called Lol My Thesis. Uh, there are many, many more, but we shall not go through all of them here. Or be nothing like, to go I look feel at. like you're in relationship with this page. Have you had a good time with this page? I, I deeply enjoyed putting that together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Steph's... Uh, uh, self-awareness uh, as well of being able to find the page for me when I couldn't find it and then yeah. not look at it so that we could play the game. Oh. Yeah, didn't she? There's cheat. some severe self-control going yeah. on there. You are a person of great discipline. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. I was just bit, really busy and you're a bit be busy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair And yet you took the time out of your busy, busy schedule to help me find the page. Procrastination. Procrastination. <laughs> yeah. uh, Steph, do you have a favourite question in the book? Mm, uh, we can good. do a do a real world experiment and see if Andy can answer it. Oh, okay, Jeez. hang on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got a copy in front of you. No, 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 no. Yeah, but let me even find the list of questions. It's in the front. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm. This is a, a deviation from mm. the question. I do like that we've got these getting personal questions throughout. So a lot of them are just, you know, they're things like, if God made everything, who made God? So that's Mm. an answer that doesn't have to be Mm. personal. But then there are others, um, because we really, part of what we love about being in schools and working directly with young people is that they can ask us about our story. So we were like, how do we we bring any of that in? Mm. Um, So, you know, there's getting personal questions like, what mysteries intrigue you most about life and the universe? Good. So that's a good one. That's good. Um, though. You're getting people talking without a right or wrong kind yeah, of premise. Yeah, they're just sharing yeah. what they think personally. And that, mm. I mean, a lot of young people value that because, again, you're not trying to shove an answer down their throats. You're just yeah. sharing what you think mm. based on your experience mm. so far. Love it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, in terms of favourite questions... Or just the one that jumps out at you right now. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> if I were being really mean, I'd ask so what came first, sub- the chicken or the egg, which is uh, in there. There's a subcontext here of favourite question slash how to do Andy over right yeah. now. Meanest question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, I don't know. Risky. Let's try this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're worried about it. <laughs> Steph's debating how mean she's feeling. Yeah. Oh, just be mean. It's all right. You already destroyed me two and a half half. <laughs> okay, maybe let's go with Will science eventually replace religious faith? Oh, that's a wonderful question, isn't it? And um, if I was talking to a eight-year-old, for example, I would perhaps just go ask them what each one does and the, not the purpose of say, but, you know, I think each have got the limits, haven't they? You're not looking at faith to explain uh, molecular structure and you're not necessarily looking at science to explain perhaps some of the bigger whys and philosophical questions. So I think I would start there and then find out what they might have further meant by the question Mm. by just reflecting back. Yeah. That's great. Honestly, yeah, you you can be in the second, second, (laughs) second 101 great big questions that we have. uh, Under the thing of biggest frauds ever. (laughs) What's he doing doing in that book? No, I think that's just a ministry experience, isn't it? People asking these big questions because they can be real barriers to people saying, okay, I can do the God thing. Yeah, they really can. Either like a very genuine barrier or just a slightly lazy barrier that means that they don't really need to engage if they've been like well obviously science is going to answer all of that um but then yeah where i would start with a lot of kids in schools or youth groups is really basic thinking about well what is science and how do we do it and what is it for like you say so thinking about how it explores physical natural world the processes the mechanisms and then you know once you've gently recognized what science is good at yeah. and what it's sort of 
about, yeah. then you start to see that there's all these other ways of exploring the world that That's slot true. in around mm. it, including mm. faith and exploring meaning and purpose and yeah. elements of identity and relationship um, and all Good. of that. So, yeah. yeah, it's a really, it just helps, you know, you're not bashing science to demonstrate that no. it does certain things and that yeah. we're not trying to make science do something that it isn't for. It's not, I don't think it's, it's not fair on science, it's not fair on faith sometimes, yeah. the things uh, we ask yeah. it to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. when it comes to, say, trying to read scripture well as well, we can yeah. we can panic and mm. sort of push. Well, you know, it feels sometimes like we're trying to read it as though it's a scientific textbook and it wasn't yeah, yeah. ever yeah. meant to be that. So again, it does a disservice to That's right. that way of exploring we got super into that uh, conversation. Yeah. I was planning on doing another question, but I think we're really out of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I w- we would like to know before we go, what's next for you, Steph? What are you Ooh, working what's on? What's going on, yeah. Gosh. Um, is it Celebrity Big Brother? <laughs> it is not. It's not. It's no. not. Okay. And don't contact me about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, a mixture of things on, on a work level. We're just continuing to try to develop and improve and reach more people and Mm. come up with uh, ways of doing that that suit where we are now um you know Mm. we're working on a project that we wrote grants for and got funding for prior to covid um and so you know the world has changed dramatically whilst we've been working on this project and we've adapted um and but we'd like to do more like the world is different teachers for example their attention span and energy level is different so adapting right. our training to suit their current needs or uh, yes, likewise adapting yes. to suit the needs of young people at the moment so there's always that work or you know suddenly the questions of suffering that kids ask are going to be yeah. virus related yeah. for example and so there's always that yeah. kind of new things to think through on that level and i'm also trying to finish up this master's in psychology and um, yeah so you can there. you could read minds. Yeah, I'll be yeah. able to read minds wow, after that's that. Incredible. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And um, where can we keep up with all of these resources oh, you're putting good. together? Yeah. Oh, um the Faraday website is a good place to go. The bookshop on the Faraday website has the kids' books at the top because we are the most important thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, Come on. Yeah, so that's yep. a good place to look. And we've also got Faraday kids, Faraday teens, and Faraday educators. Um oh, good which are gradually we're adding to the <laughs> list of sort of recommended resources for different age groups and some of the sort of frequently asked questions Massive, that we yeah. haven't covered in this book, for yeah. example, um, very, very slowly. But those are mm. some other interesting places to go and check out. Amazing. And um, I would say as well, I mean, I know you said kids' books are at the top because of the most important, but I like this book. And I'm I'm not really a kid anymore. You are allowed to enjoy it. <laughs> um, honestly, I've had a lot of comments from grown-ups saying, I got this for my kid and I read it cover to cover and it took me one sitting and I loved it and I understood so much more Isn't than I've good? ever grasped. And Great. like, I mean, Great. that's some of what it's all about as well yeah. because, again, I being a person that likes to apply stuff quite quickly Mm. i don't honestly always like we're sat in this library right now surrounded by books and Mm. i've possibly read a couple of them cover to cover you know i've dipped in and out of others to read a particular section quickly or whatever but i just um again i like pictures i like Uh, yeah 
things that help me to start thinking. And so, yeah, it's great that I've helped some grown-ups as well to get more excited about these things too. And to not feel threatened by science because it's such an exciting gift from God. Amazing. What a a closing line. Thank you for joining us, Steph. (laughs) It's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for sharing my beer with me as well. Uh, Very happy to help, especially with dark beer. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for joining us. You can get in touch with questions, comments and suggestions on Instagram at nowthersathought or by email to nowthersathought at c3gallery.church. Now they both look exactly like now Teresa thought, but that is just a happy coincidence. If your name is Teresa and you'd like to help us live up to our Instagram handle, please get in touch for that too. Do also have a look at the Faraday Institute's resources. The link is in the show notes or you can just Google them. We'll be back next month, so follow us on your podcast app to get a notification. And don't forget to tell your friends if you enjoy the podcast, but not if you don't. That's no help.